Hey everybody, welcome to Finding Japan, episode 3. Let the intro music fade out there. That uh, that little that little number there is from a, a prior band of mine called Thalo. Uh, I'm just using it because it's one of the few instrumental tracks that we've done. And dig it, it takes me back. It takes me way back. Anyway, yes, I'm doing the third podcast episode tonight. It is Friday night at about 7 p.m. Uh, still without internet, but I am going strong. Uh, today I'm going to talk a little bit about the uh, Dr. Pepper can that I just picked up. Uh, a little bit about the website, my internet cafe experience, the Jehovah Witness experience, which was something else. Uh, chili cheeseburger at Moss Burger. The raccoon motorcycle helmet I saw, and I'm going to bring you up to speed on uh, what I've been doing for... Uh, four-part Japanese study plan. Maybe I could put some echo on that. Four-part four Japanese, Japanese study, study plan. plan. Nah, it's just a way I've been able to keep myself structured, uh, not being in Japanese classes right now. Those don't begin until, I think, April 9th. Okay, so today's episode is brought to you by this Dr. Pepper can. If you don't know what I'm talking about, take a look at the site, www.findingjapan.com. Um, I usually... On my way back, I usually grab a uh, Boss Coffee mocha latte on the way back, just 120 yen per each. I think that ends up being about a dollar. Uh, I think the current exchange rate is somewhere between 118 and 114 yen per dollar. I'm not quite sure, but anyway, yeah, I usually get Boss Coffee, but today I got a Dr. Pepper. Um, one thing is that it tastes the same. But the can is just out of control. There is some busty, karaoke, flaming redhead woman with knee-high socks who's busting out of her shirt. It's really something to be seen. Uh, it's probably one of the few things that uh, we wouldn't see in the United States in terms of, of can decoration. And speaking of cans, uh, right now I am drinking Asahi. Supa Dorai. I'm still working on that six-pack that I had picked up the other day. It's evening time. It's getting a little mellow. Figured I'd just chill it out a little bit. Anyway, so, yeah, if you want to see what I'm talking about, I'll also put a link to the Dr. Pepper site in the show notes, so take a look at that. Okay, um, www.findingjapan, as I had mentioned, if you want to take a look at that picture. However, uh, I did want to mention a little bit about the website. A couple of people have asked me, how do I actually listen to this stuff? I have the RSS feed linked into a couple other sites like Facebook and Mixie. You know, because it's RSS, it's pretty easy to re-syndicate all that stuff to any other site that you may have. But unfortunately, the flash player for the podcast episodes doesn't translate over all the time. So the ways that you can subscribe to FindingJapan.com... Um, if you are listening to this through the website right now, take a look on the right-hand side and you'll see a couple links. The first one is a link for iTunes. If you click on that and you have iTunes installed, you will be able to subscribe to this directly through iTunes. That's probably the easiest way to subscribe to this podcast. Um, I highly recommend that way because if I end up changing the feed location or whatever, 
um, that'll go along with it. There are a couple other links underneath that as well. One of them is audio only and another one is video only. This uh, would be useful if you only want the audio episodes or if you only want the video episodes. I haven't done a video episode for quite a while, but there will be some coming up. Yes, next week it is Sakura season. Hanami. Oh, Hanami. Flower viewing. So I will definitely be putting up some episodes for that. In fact, I'm going to dedicate one just to uh, the Sakura and the Hanami. So keep a lookout for that. And then there's another link there to get everything. So if you just want to, if you don't care, video, audio, whatever, just click on that. Okay. Comments. Comments. You can leave comments on the individual episodes. I've been getting a few, uh, mostly from my colleagues in my program. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Hope everybody is enjoying their respective countries. We have people in Mexico, Spain, France, Brazil, Germany, China, all over the place. So hope everybody's doing well. Uh, and then... Um, Mail, yes, you can send me email, Christopher at FindingJapan.com. Okay, that's all the logistics. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about was my internet cafe experience. This is turning into some sort of saga. It's great. Uh, first time I went there, I did not bring my own computer. It just didn't occur to me that I could do that. I found a place called Net Garden, and it seems to be a chain because I found another one two blocks away from this one location. That's another thing about Japan. I'm going to go on a tangent for a bit. Literally, there may be a particular store that you like that um, you think, oh, I really want to go to this store. It's very convenient. I need it close by. Convenience in Japan is number one. That's what I'm finding. I think there are maybe three or four Mizuho banks in just the general Kamada Eki, Kamada Station area. It's incredible. There are two Yoshinoyas, not more than a block from each other. It's, it's out of control. I, I, I suppose it could be equivocated to Starbucks in New York City, but this is happening with every single type of business I'm seeing, so it's, it's pretty incredible. Anyway, I'm getting off track. Net Garden. So the first time I went in, the guy said, well, you know, we have Japanese keyboards. I'm like, ah, it's not going to be too bad. I've used my keyboard in Japanese. I've used some friends' keyboards. Nah, no, no big deal. Well, I sat down at this computer. I had no idea what was going on. Literally, like, it was out of control. So using what resources I had, I finally was able to type in, you know, www.gmail.com or mail.google.com, the... Uh, operative thing that I was trying to do was to get to my email to uh, check up on people and also to check in with the uh, rental company I'm working with right now. Okay, so once I managed to figure out how to type in English letters, I was stumped because my password contains a mix of symbols and like there's an underscore in there and I had no idea how to type these elements. I actually found the underscore on the keyboard, but it wasn't the same underscore as an American keyboard. I, I realize there's different character sets and everything, but I just figured, you know, at least the underscore character would be the same. Not to get too nerdy, but I do know that the uh, the English alphabet is a 7-bit character alphabet, maybe 8-bit, whereas some of the Asian languages are 16-bit. So even though the character may be the same, the amount of bits that are actually put in that little box are totally different. So um, <laughs> I ended up going to Wikipedia and searching for underscore 
and ampersand or whatever other symbols I needed and copying and pasting them into a document in order to make construct my password manually. And then um, I was able to copy and paste that into the box and get my email. And I even sent a few people some emails and the emails ended up coming out like individual block letters. It was incredible. So that was my uh, first experience at the Internet Cafe. The second experience was much, much better. I should probably describe the Internet Cafe first. It's in a basement, like a shopping plaza area, and you kind of go into a basement. It's really dark down there. All the walls are lined with different types of manga. They have drinks and refreshments, and you basically pay by the hour. You can pay by, like, the half hour, the hour, and I think the best deal is if you pay for three hours. So I paid for about an hour the second, the first time, and I also paid for an hour the second time. But this time I brought my laptop, and I asked the gentleman, um, you know, is it okay to use my laptop? Is it okay to use the plug? And he said, yeah. So great. So I walk over and I realize that they have the CPUs on shelves above the little individual cubes. And each of these cubes has their own seat, really nice comfortable chair, a leg rest, private headphones, a couple lights, and it's it's really kind of cool. You could easily just sort of fall asleep there or hang out there and just like lose track of time. But unfortunately, the CPU is on the top shelf. So I unplugged the Ethernet cable from the back of the CPU, plugged it into my laptop, and boom, I could not get it on the lower desk. So I had to stand up for an hour and uh, do my email. Uh, the third experience was by far the best. I got so much better at asking for a cable. And uh, when I saw the guy, each time I went, it was three different people who were attending the cafe. But the third time I went, I asked for a cable connector. And the guy knew exactly what I was talking about. And he took the, he, he got me an Ethernet cable, a little connector, and I was all set. So perfect. I do have the ability to connect to the Internet this, this way now, and it's going to work out great. So, But hopefully, uh, hopefully I will have my apartment coming up soon, so we won't need to deal with this much longer. Anyway, so that is my Internet Cafe experience. Um, so for, for those of you who come to Japan and do not have your own laptop, just be prepared to deal with a very foreign input method on the keyboard. I think most of the computers at the Internet Cafe uh, were running Windows XP, but they were all default to the Japanese input system, so heads up there. Okay, anyway, the Jehovah Witness Eoba experience. That was so much fun. Um, the other day I was hanging out at my friend Rinko's apartment and I was doing some cleaning. And I heard the doorbell ring and I went out and there were two very cute elderly women came to the door and started speaking to me in Japanese. At first I thought they were maybe like NHK people trying to get money for the television. And I'm like, oh God, I don't want to deal with this. But they started handing me Jesus flyers and I'm like, all right. So I did my best to start a conversation with them. And I think the one thing that they found most interesting were my socks. I was wearing these socks that sort of look like, I don't know, like they're, they're like striped socks, you know, like a, like a dark olive green and a light olive green with like a red stripe across the top of the toes. And they were totally digging my socks. Anyway, I, I, I totally forgot the word for socks, and uh, I, was, I was embarrassed that I couldn't continue the conversation about my socks, but um, we managed to communicate that I'm a friend of the person who's living here, and that 
we will go to church sometime in the future, I told them. So I hope they're not too upset that I don't go since, you know, I don't really uh, get into religion all that much. But I did get a really cool flyer, and uh, it's good for, for taking some notes on and writing things down with. So, But I guess, you know, Jesus transcends culture, apparently. And they were really excited about him. So anyway, yeah. And I found out that the Japanese word for Jehovah is Eoba. Eoba. My friends told me that, and I think I'm pronouncing it right. But yeah, so even in Japan, you get the doorbell ring from the Eoba. And you need to be prepared to, uh, I don't know, either just hide and run away or... <laughs> Uh, have an interesting conversation. So, you know, any interaction I can get right now is pretty much good interaction. So I didn't mind, but it was uh, funny nonetheless. I wanted to talk for a brief second about the chili cheeseburger I had at Most Burger. Most Burger is a uh, Japanese hamburger chain. And um, I, I guess their claim to fame is that they have like the freshest ingredients and they make the burgers as you order them. I don't really know if that's true or not. I didn't really look, but I had the best spicy cheeseburger ever. I think I'm going to go get another one next week. Um, I had the uh, uh, spicy cheese burger. It was incredible. I, I haven't been eating much fast food lately. I've really been trying to go to the traditional stores and um, the traditional places. Um, unfortunately, though, in a lot of those places... Everything in the menu is written in kanji, especially in Kamada, where there aren't too many foreigners. So sometimes it's difficult for me to really order there. This particular day, I think it was maybe two days ago, I decided that, you know, I really just need like a good burger. It wasn't big, but it was just right. Spicy cheeseburger, incredible. I highly recommend going to Most Burger at least once if you're in Japan. Most Burger and Yoshinoya, but I'm going to do a whole other episode on Yoshinoya at some point, hopefully a video episode, because um, that place is incredible. I could probably eat Yoshinoya every day and be okay with myself. I don't know if my body would like it, but I'd be okay with it. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I think what I'm going to do for every episode, I'm going to point out one thing that I think you will only see in Japan and nowhere else. Every day as I'm walking down the street, I see things that I'm, that I say, wow, that is so incredibly weird. But there are very few of those things that I think would occur outside of the realm of Japan. Three days ago, I believe it was, I was walking down um, the street from Kamada Station to the apartment that I'm currently living in. And Japan especially the city areas, there are tons and tons of motorcycles and um, scooters and street legal dirt bikes and even mini bikes. I saw I saw a guy riding around on a mini bike the other day with tags. Everything was legit, but yeah, a mini bike. So not only are there um, all different types of motorcycles and vehicles and scooters and, and such, but but people really like to customize those vehicles. I've seen a few with the lights underneath, you know, similar to what you'll see um, in the U.S. But people also seem to like to customize not just the bike itself, but everything that goes with it. One of the guys I saw was riding a uh, scooter 
that was done up in like a, like a gray and black pattern, sort of like a raccoon. The helmet he had on though was a shoei helmet, shoei, shoei. I don't even know how you pronounce those types of helmets, but I'm sure people know what I'm talking about. The helmet was a plain motorcycle helmet, like regular motorcycle helmet, with the exception of on the top of his head, on either side, there were two pointed ears that stood up. And they were, it wasn't like he was wearing a headband with ears. They were built in as part of the helmet. It was incredible. It's a black helmet with a black visor and the ears pointing up like raccoon ears and at the on the back of the, the helmet as he as he drove by me i saw a raccoon tail coming out the back no joke i struggled to think of another place where i would end up seeing that and uh, even if i had had my camera with me it all happened so fast i wouldn't have been able to get a picture of it but um as i start finding things similar to this i will definitely try to take some pictures and send them along so one of the few things that I think you will only find in Japan is the raccoon motorcycle helmet. And I think it's a good example of Japanese style and Japanese individuality um, trying to trying to come through. So there you go. Wow, we're at 20 minutes already. And of course, I've been editing these things because I've been giving too many ands and ums and ugh. I think these podcasts are actually somewhat therapeutic for me too, since I don't hear any English at all during the day. The only English I do hear is my own. <laughs> so anyway, okay, I wanted to talk about the four-part Japanese study plan. Dun, 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 dun. Maybe I'll maybe I'll throw in some music there or something. I don't know. Okay, before I talk about the four-part Japanese study plan I'm currently using, it would probably be helpful to get a little history on how I've been studying Japanese. I have studied Japanese on my own, on and off, not consistently, for about two years. Previously, I was using YesJapan.com. About a year ago, I switched over to uh, Japanese Pod 101. I will put, I'll put the links in the show notes if, you, if you're all interested. Both of them were very, very excellent services. A lot of it just had to do with my availability. Uh, two years ago, I had more sit-down time available, and then after that, I had more like in-car time available, which is why I switched from Yes Japan over to Japanese Pod. Japanese Pod is primarily audio podcasts. When I began my program, I ended up studying business Japanese for two months starting in January, going through uh, mid-March, about mid on no actually about the beginning of march and this japanese was the type of japanese that someone who works in um, a particular industry or just business in general would pick up maybe about a month before they are going to be overseas it's common things like introductions invitations business negotiations and a lot of a lot of business vocabulary and of course all polite japanese no colloquial japanese with my current level, very little kanji is part of that business Japanese. And that Japanese was taught primarily from this book that was written, I believe, in the 80s called Nissan's Business Japanese. It's pretty good, um, but the book takes a little getting used to, and I, I believe I wrote some blog posts on that in the past. So if you're interested on Nissan's Business Japanese, just take a look at some of the past blog posts, and I have sort of laid out um, my thoughts on that already. So having said that, very little kanji knowledge, a lot of business vocabulary, 
most polite speech forms and probably a lack of verb vocabulary right right now that's current status so four-part japanese study plan aims to attack each of those portions for my weakness in kanji I've been using a book that teaches you how to remember the kanji based on the forms, like creating little mnemonic devices or stories, like 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 this one's a walking stick, and this is a needle. So think of this kanji as you know five walking sticks with a needle, things like that. That's been very helpful. Um, I will post the link to the book in the show notes. I don't recall which one it is, and because I haven't even opened it since I've arrived in Japan. And I believe the author's last name is Heisig or Hisig, something like that. Um, it's called How, uh, How Not to Forget the Meaning of the Kanji, something like that. I'll, I'll write it down. The second part of the four-part Japanese study plan is the Nissan Business Japanese Review. There's a lot of material in there and a lot of grammar. So I've been going through that, going through the, I think, 17 lessons that we completed to try to keep it fresh in my brain. Part three, verb memorization and conjugation. My vocabulary is a little weak in verbs. So one of the things I've been doing is studying the hell out of those verbs. There's also a form of verb in Japanese called the te form or the gerund form. That form is the basis for a lot of things like I want to do something or I'm in the process of doing something. And it's used um, also in a colloquial sense, um, to convey a lot of different meanings, so it's pretty key. I didn't quite learn that enough before coming here, so I'm in the process of reviewing that. And the fourth part of the four-part Japanese study plan is everyday words. I've been keeping a list of words that I cannot think of, that I don't know. Uh, Last episode, I mentioned sentaku, which is the Japanese word for laundry or sentakumono, like the actual laundry goods, the articles, um, or sentakusuru, to-do laundry. That's just one example. So every time I come across a word or I get frustrated that I cannot um, say this word, I write it down and at a later date I will sit down and go through those and try to find the Japanese meanings. And I've been keeping those in um, a big vocabulary list And for the ones that I think are common enough where it warrants learning the kanji, I've been putting those in the Japanese dictionary. So that is the four-part Japanese study plan that I'm currently doing before uh, attending Waseda University's uh, Intensive Japanese Language Program. Okay, so what else have I been up to? Well, one of the things that's been a, a little therapeutic, I guess is I've been cleaning my friend's apartment here and there, uh, mostly vacuuming and doing dishes and things like that. But um, I've been reminded of a great anime that um, has been very helpful for learning Japanese called Oruchuban Ebichu. And it's Ebichu, the house cleaning hamster. I don't really know where to get this. Um, I think I got this from a friend. Uh, who gave it to me on DVD. And he may have gotten it from the internet, I'm not sure. Um, But definitely check it out. Ebichu, E-B-I-C-H-U, Oruchuban, Oruchuban. And it's a really great anime. It's, It's kind of adultish, so if you're, I don't know, 
I would definitely say adults only with this one, but it's just incredible. Um, it's very educational. It's a great anime, um, very well subtitled from the sub community, uh, and explains a lot of the idiomatic expressions before the episode starts, then you get to see it. Um, so I highly recommend Ebichu Oruchuban, or Oruchuban Ebichu. Um, and one, one word of warning, though, is that Ebichu talks like a, like a child, or talks in a very cute way, so... Um, Instead of saying like ebichu des, he'd say ebichu de chu. So, uh, just be forewarned if you learn all your Japanese from ebichu, um, you may have some problems uh, if you go to speak to a normal Japanese person who doesn't have a house cleaning hamster of their own that talks like Ebichu. All right, so that's going to wrap it up. Let's see here. Uh, a couple things I want to do, future things that are going to come up. Let's see, we covered the raccoon motorcycle helmet and the internet cafe and the crazy keyboard setup. I'm going to talk about my experiences in the 99 yen store um, a couple days ago. I'm going to hopefully grab a couple pictures of it first, though, or maybe some video. I'm going to talk about where to get foreign exchanges done in a future episode. And um, if by, by foreign exchanges, I mean uh, when you arrive in Japan, and if you're going to be staying here for more than a few weeks visiting on vacation, um, foreign exchange and getting your money into uh, Japanese yen is, is pretty important, especially when it comes to paying for things like utilities and telephone and rent. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and um, some resources for foreigners who are coming to Japan and have to deal with that. And of course, the next episode will also include things you only see in Japan. I'll try to make that a regular feature. And uh, I do want to talk a little bit about handicapped accessibility in upcoming episodes and some of the things that I've seen um, that I think are a bit interesting. And one of the things I want to do too is maybe get some interviews with some people who would be willing to talk about that either in English or Japanese. Maybe I can get, um, if in Japanese, maybe I can get a friend of mine to help translate. So we'll see. A couple shout outs too. Um, taking, taking a cue from Terrence here uh, from Kobe Beef Show. Hey Terrence, if you're listening, what's going on brother? Hope everything's going well. Hope to head down to Kansai region soon. We'll do it up again. Uh, I'll get some good whiskey and some good Kobe beef. Um, <clears throat> there are quite a few other good Japanese po podcasts, um, especially from people living in Japan, that I want to recommend. Obviously, Kobe Beef Show, get your dirty Japanese vocabulary from T-Bone. Uh, that one could be... Uh, quite addictive so and, and terrence also has quite a library of episodes i think he's up to like what episode 64 now i think so yeah i'm trying to look right now episode 64 kbs 64 incredible he's been really doing some long episodes lately so definitely check that out get your uh dirty japanese on i'm not even gonna attempt to do uh T-Bone's voice there, but it's, it's definitely addictive. 
You want dirty Japanese? You go listen to T-Bone. I am not T-Bone. I am T-Bone Impasta. So, I don't know. Go check that out. You may think I'm weird, but hey, go check it out. It's cool. Um, a new one that I just found. Really, really good. A Year in Japan. And this podcast is also available as an enhanced podcast. And it's extremely well produced. It's by a gentleman named Joseph Tame. I'm assuming it's Tame, though I haven't heard him say his last name yet. I just recently got into this podcast. It looks like he's up to episode seven and has been podcasting since this past September. He is a Japanese language student, also working part-time, so definitely check that out. I listened to his latest episode tonight, and it was incredible. Definitely sets the bar for these types of podcasts, though I, I do want to say I think everybody has their own take on Japan. To me, this is not a competition thing. This is just everybody's got their own little deal or big deal. Well, I'm not going to belittle anybody here. Everyone has, everyone has their own way of approaching this. A year in Japan seems to, to do it from a very well-structured standpoint. Um, he's funny. Uh, it's very well produced. It's well thought out in advance, not like this where I just sort of babble. Kobe Beef Show, Terrence is consistently teaching Japanese and at the same time um, giving his views, a semi-Japanese, Blackanese view on various topics, shouting out to friends, etc. It's really cool. Uh, Tokyo Calling, Scott Lockman, uh, www.tokyocalling.org. Um, has been doing more of like a video tour of Japan lately. It's been really cool. And of course, Rich Pav, heroflumjapan.com, gives a sort of uh, no holes barred from the gut, just does what he wants view of Japan. And it's really cool. I I appreciate his sincerity um, and his irreverence sometimes. So definitely check that out. So those are the four shout outs for today again a year in japan.com kobebeefshow.com tokyocalling.org and heroflumjapan.com please check those guys out that's it for tonight i hope everybody's doing well again uh send me comments send me email i've been getting a lot of email lately thank you very much hopefully i will answer those soon and uh that's it so sayonara